been here for about a year but anyway we're back it's uh season four episode two and uh we have a great show for you today charlie what are we going to talk about so we're going to talk about the major league playoffs now that we've got the 163 game season 162 plus one and the wild card knocked out we've got some Big, big matchups, some new teams, some old rivalries. Uh, and, and MLB is playoffs are looking very, very spicy, very tasty for 2018. And secondly, we take a little bit serious. And with the, with the issue of the Supreme Court and Kavanaugh, we're going to look at other institutions that have, they could, may have issues with sexual assault. And we're going to look at the military and how the military how they are with sexual assault, sexual assault, how bad it is, and what they're doing to deal with that issue. Yeah, so um, I'm very excited about the next few days with sports. Tonight, I got the Patriots and the Colts, Thursday night football. What's better than that? Tomorrow, I got Red Sox, Yankees in the postseason. Game one? Oh, so great. Uh, uh, but... Uh, before I get to Game 1 in the Red Sox-Yankees in the playoffs, which Major League Baseball is probably blowing loads over that. But um, before I get to that, we have the Colts-Patriots and the whole Josh McDaniels t- taking mm. the Indianapolis Colts job, then coming back to the Patriots after accepting the job. So <laughs> Belichick and Brady, for the first time in years, aren't the most hated people in that arena tonight. Uh, I, well, I, actually, it's in it's in New England. So I thought I thought I that that right. would have been a bigger issue, but if Frank Wright, who became the the coach of the Colts after Josh McDaniels turned him down. In his press conference, when he was announced, had I what I think is the greatest line in the history of press conferences when he said, "the the it was actually Pat McAfee from Barstool Sports asking the question, how do you feel that you know you're the you're the Colts' second choice?" Right. And Frank Reich said, "I've had a, made a pretty good career about I've made a pretty good career by being somebody else's backup." Which, as yes. you know, he was yes. Jim Kelly's backup in the Bills, yep. and he also led the Bills to the greatest playoff comeback in the history of the NFL. Oh, that was so, him, huh? Yeah, I when they played against the Kelly. Houston Oilers, he was. Right. It was. Until- I was actually listening to that game on the radio. My mother or father or somebody was shopping, and I stayed in the car and listened to that game on the radio, and it was it, amazing. I grew up in Western New York, near Buffalo, a city yeah. called Rochester, and it wasn't sold out, so it was blacked out. Wow! So we had to turn off our cable. My dad went out and bought an antenna. We got the Syracuse, New York feed, but yeah. it came with no sound for some reason. We got the, so we just had the picture of from of Syracuse, and we got the radio. We turned on the radio. Oh, okay. And that's how we watched the game. And I still remember, I, yeah. we were so pissed off at halftime, and then they came all the way back, beat the Houston Oilers, now the Tennessee Titans. and Yeah, um, so I also, um, so then Saturday we got game two of the, so this is Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Now we got Game Two: Red Sox, Yankees. Uh, that game comes on at eight thirty, and I have the Notre Dame fighting Irish, the undefeated. 
who Notre Dame. Who fighting who played Irish. St. Mary's School for the Poor this No, week? they... Uh, who, let's just say Notre Dame is already 5-0. and They played two top 10 teams, beat them mm-hmm. both. And Virginia Tech is... Uh, they are playing this week, and they are ranked 24th. So... They are not playing a cream puff schedule, and they have another ranked opponent later on in the season. So you can't accuse them of playing. Hey, they, they're getting the job done. You only thing that you can do if you're a football team, if you're the coach and the players, is beat the player teams you're put against. Now, if you're the school president, athletic director, and you assign, you know, a powder puff. Yeah, schedule, Rhode Island school for the deaf. Then. Yeah. That's one thing. But that's not the coach and the players team. And I also, I'm not a big Notre Dame fan, but what I do like about Notre Dame is they at least try to keep a semblance of academic integrity to their team. And that yeah. has cost them in a lot of plays. They, they, right. Notre Dame gets the smartest athletes that need scholarships. Right. Because the smartest athletes go to will go to like Harvard, Yale, those ones. But, but, the, but Harvard, Yale, they don't give scholarships. Right. So you have to be able to. They give scholarships, but not sports scholarships. Give yeah, once in a while you see some guys coming out of Brown. And, uh, uh, but Notre Dame is is probably the, the in my opinion, of a, of a major powerhouse, top 25 team that has probably the highest academic. Maybe that in Stanford. Yeah, Stanford, Stanford. I was just going to say. Stanford and Notre Dame are probably neck and neck. Uh, unless we delve into it, we would so never really know. I did not give two farts about Yankees-Red Sox until until. When the Yankees beat was Oakland. Yeah, I was actually rooting for Oakland. And last the night. Yankees fans at the end of the game were yelling, Bring on Boston. Yeah. And I was like, Got me. Got them. Because I'm like, Oh. I and just hope the rivalry. The dichotomy has switched them. Yes. The, the standard rivalry as a kid growing up right. was that Boston was cursed. <coughs> they they, they had this inferiority complex. Boston is smaller than New York. They're so close to each other. And Boston can never defeat the evil empire. The whole dichotomy has switched. The Red Sox have been on the top of the mountain for years. Three consecutive ALEs titles. The, the, Reds, the Yankees have finally pulled themselves up from the, the Steinbrenner boys, you know, screwing things up. They've The Orioles and Toronto kind of were like, up there for a while, they've shit the bed again. So now the Yankees are back up there with a lot of, you know, for, for it used to be all purchase players. Now they have for every Giancarlo yeah, Stan, with every Giancarlo Stan, there's an Aaron Judge. Yeah. So I'm excited about it. Uh, but in another one thing that that I saw Oakland was doing is their their starter by committee. And it, 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 it reminded me of the... That was the epic fucking collapse. It reminded me of the whole closure by committee that Red Sox tried. Yeah. Where it failed because everyone needed to know their role. I, I don't think that that failed. Um, and be, simply because I thought that it didn't work on opening day. So, oh, it's not going to work. It's almost like they hit the panic button after the first game they lost that game. And they never really gave it a chance. They didn't give it a chance in April, even like a few weeks after that. Um, it was almost like they hit the panic button. I think I still think that closer by committee can work. I mean, Oakland in the is right situation the, is the inventor of well, not the inventor, but they were the forerunners of of, of this money ball of money closer ball. by committee, or just a whole concept of saving metrics versus yeah, like you know old. And school. they always said, and it makes sense if you think about it. Okay. We got a 3-3 game right now in the seventh inning. 
Why am I going to wait to put on Craig Kimbrell and hope I can use him if we have the lead? Why can't I just use him in the seventh inning? Yeah. When I need him. I need him right now. I don't need him in the ninth inning. So I always thought that that approach would work if given the right. But nobody really tried it. It never really... It's like 150 years of baseball and nobody wants to reinvent the wheel, I guess. But it's also... Is it better to have... Do you want... I mean, do you want, like, say you have... You know, Chris Sale. You have Chris. You you throw Chris Sale out there three times a week for one time around the one time around the batting order. You think your best guy. So so you know that he's going to get one thing because usually is in baseball works is they usually do poorly in the first time around and then they kind of get then they figure out what he's doing and then the second or maybe the third time around the batting order is when they start hitting off of him. But if you go out there, you have like you know Chris Sale going out there, then David Price goes out there for so Chris Sale goes out there for two three innings, almost like they do in the All Star game where you don't have. Yeah. Five, you have five. You have five starters that, but they pitch almost like relievers, like two to three innings yeah. every single time. That's uh, Oakland made the mistake in the first inning of giving um, who was the, the the guy from Australia that was the starter for Oakland, and he pitched one inning, but he gave up a two run homer to Aaron Judge, who bas- basically they gave him a ninety six mile an hour fastball belt high, yeah. and he made him pay for it. And uh, they did pretty well after that. They brought in the next guy. Uh, the names are escaping me, but he pitched uh, three innings and he did well. And then the, the the wheels just totally fell off towards the end. And so okay, so let's let's, let's get let's get down to oh, Ed, for an update on um, our NFL predictions, we had two uh, gentlemen's bets: one that Jimmy Garoppolo would throw for four thousand yards. He won't and do two, that. Two that the Bills would be. Nine and uh, what? Nine and seven. Seven is what I really think that both of us are gonna we're gonna split this one because obviously Grappolo's out. Yeah. So he's not so he's not getting those yards. And after seeing the Bills in their lofty one and three record, I don't think that they're going to go. Uh, yeah, I think you took the over on the forty two hundred yards. I took yeah. I, and then it was you 4, took 000. the under on the eight I, and I, and I, t- I took I took the under at eight and a half. I took the over on four thousand. Yeah. Or, yeah, four thousand. So. Let's see how we do in, in baseball. So let's let's start with the National League, and we'll finish off with the American League. So, who do you have in the National League? Um, uh, well, <coughs> I think that um, the Dodgers are going to come away with the National League. Um, I love the Colorado Milwaukee matchup, um, and Milwaukee. Before we get into that, now that I'm thinking of it. What did you think of the play-in games of games that were tied? Teams that were tied, they didn't look at head-to-head. They played a game to see who won the division. I liked it. I, I thought it was dumb. I, I thought it was completely I, I, dumb. I, if, if one team is not making the playoffs, that's one thing. If one of the, if But both teams are already in the playoffs. So it was just a matter of seeding them. Seeding them. And I thought that was like just total crap. Like I, think, I, I mean, the way I look at it is... is I always, if my choice is, it, it may basically to, Milwaukee and the Cubs had to play yeah. an extra game. The, if if my choice is either play another game or go to some sort of like third, fourth, fifth stat to break a tie, I'm always for playing another game. Now, obviously, baseball is that's more available than say football. You're not going to go play a tiebreaker football game. Right, that's just, just too traumatic. But I, 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 I didn't like it. And, and, but I don't, if I'm you're not, not making not like if the Milwaukee or the Cubs weren't in already, yeah. I would say yes, absolutely play the game. But because both teams are already in the postseason, don't play the game. Just go by head to head. Head to head has to mean something. I I mean I don't really 
I'm you not know, heartbroken either way. Right, right. I see what you're saying. But um, and then there's also a chance for injury and more wear and tear. But um, I'm not gonna if, if they were, if they had said it was gonna be head to head and they're gonna get seated that way, I would have been fine with it. I'm not gonna lose any sleep. So and, I uh, have. I think the Brewers are gonna beat um, Colorado. Yep, uh, the I Brewers, do too. Um, and then they, I think the Dodgers they won, are gonna beat the they're, Brewers. They're hot now. They've won 20 out of the last 27 games. They're 20 and seven over the last 27, and their pitching has come together. Uh, they have Corey uh, uh, Kniebel, what his name is, Kniebel, and uh, Josh Hader out of the bullpen. Those guys are one, two. You know, if you put them together, I put them against any other one, two. I, I can't add too much because I really don't know too much about these rosters. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, I can name particular guys on the rosters, but I don't get to see them all that often. So I think with their pitching, they're hot, uh, they're, they're bullpen, and they have. And I'll tell you what, this guy, Christian Yelich, Yelich, whatever his name is, he's a real, real deal. Um, and so I have I have the Brewers advancing. And then on the other side, I have the Dodgers um, winning the other, uh, was it, NLDS? Mm-hmm. I don't think they're, I, don't, I, I would say they're probably going to sweep. I don't, I think the Dodgers are just juggernauts. So uh, you, you have the same... National League Championship as Dodgers Milwaukee as I do. Yes, and then I have the Dodgers beating Milwaukee. Yeah, so we both have the Dodgers. Um, I mean, the the the, the, the Isel Puig, Justin Turner, Chris Taylor, Max Muncie, Enrique Hernandez, Jock Peterson, Matt Kemp, and Dave Reese all have over a nine hundred OPS. I mean, they're just they're just yeah they're just and for destroyers. A team, that's, they're destroyers. You know, if that was an AL East team, I mean, some of these lineups have softball lineups, but in the National League, when you get a lineup like that, uh, you know, there's no stopping them. So, so let's um, uh, let's go to the side. interesting. So we'll start with <laughs> now. I can the, add the, the Houston, now I can add my two cents. So who do you think is going to win? Uh, so I'm going with believe it or not, I'm going with Cleveland. I'm going with the underdogs. Um, we got it, the, the pitching matchups in that series are going to be phenomenal. Um, both pitching staffs are awesome. Um, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this. Um, and I am going with Cleveland in five. I think Cleveland's going to take game. I think it's going to go all five games. And um, who do you have in that series? Are you going with Houston? I'm going with, with Houston. I think that they are – although Cleveland – I mean, they, uh, Cleveland has a he has great four lineup. starting pitchers yeah. with at least 200 strikeouts. Yeah, that's, which that's is, ridiculous. And they're good, but I yeah. think that Houston, they're, they, they've been there. They know it. I think that they have, they're no longer these <coughs> starts, and I think that they're going to be able to, uh, excuse me, Jose Altuve is, is just outstanding. Um, Carlos Correa is struggling. So I think my boy this Jose is, Ramirez on Cleveland, though, is raking. He's an yeah. MVP candidate. Yeah, in fact, wasn't didn't we at the start of the season? Yeah, we, we said uh, oh, no. I don't think it was the start. I think it was midway point. And I and I had Jose. You were like who? No, I, I had Jose Ramirez. Uh, I thought you said why the fuck is he even on your list? No, you No, guy. that's not how. I, it went. If I remember back, uh, I top think you three said, were Mookie. Charlie, you piece of shit. You don't know nothing. <laughs> I believe it was we had Mookie Betts, somebody else. I don't remember who, and then Jose Ramirez, and we had those one, two, and three. And um, I think Mookie Betts came away uh, yeah. with the MVP 30-30 guy and stuff. So, um, and, and you know who I'm taking, Boston Yankees. <laughs> I'm taking Boston in four. So I'm, I'm, taking, I'm taking the Red Sox yeah. to beat the Yankees. Um, but 
I do think it Houston is, is going to be Houston is going to beat the Red, the Red yeah. Sox. And I think that I'll go with the Red Sox. And I think it's going to be Dodgers. I say Dodgers Astros, and I think the Dodgers are going to to win it. I think that they are. They're like they've been so close, so close, so close. I think they finally get off that over that hurdle. They're like the Atlanta Braves. I think they're going to finally, you know, they they've been good for a while, and I think they have such good hitting. They all can't shit the bed. That that lineup cannot all shit the bed all at once. So they have great starting pitchers. They have great. Um, uh, Basically, it's it comes down to if you look at the the Red Sox in this postseason, it comes down to is David Price going to be the David Price we've seen, the sort of A Rod player, great in the regular season, and then the postseason comes and he shits the bed, um, or are we going to get the David Price that we saw during this season? where he had a three-and-a-half ERA and won 16 games? Or are we, going to get the Chris, are we going to get a healthy Chris Sale, who also doesn't have the greatest ERA in the postseason as well? So it's two guys that need to prove themselves in the postseason. I think, that Chris, I think Chris Sale is the, the fucking man. I mean, I, I love that fucking guy. I think he is... <coughs> He's fun to any, watch. Anybody who... Pit, anybody who does well in Boston, which is, and I'm no Boston fan, but it is such a pressure cooker to play in this. Maybe it's like that in New York City too. I'm sure it is. It is, yeah, and Philadelphia but as well. I've seen so many pitchers flame out when they get here. And I thought that maybe, thought maybe that was going to happen to David Price, but he seemed to have like matured. But Chris Sales come in here. There was a lot of hype on him. He had one good season. Everyone was like, "You're going to throw money at this guy." He had one good season, and he's lived up to the hype, if not exceeded it. He, you don't ever hear anything. He's not one of those guys you hear about, you know. He's not in that uh, Clayton Kershaw or uh, the guys. The guy was the guy Kubel Newell from um, Cleveland. He's not. He's never getting that MVP Cy Young. Like you ever hear him as like the best of the best. But he's just great almost every time. And how about this? There are three 100 win teams in the AL. Is, I've never seen the AL as good as this. I think and then just, you have so many even bad teams, teams that didn't even make the playoffs. One like Tampa won ninety games. They didn't even make the playoffs. Yeah. And then you playoffs. got you, playoffs. And uh, you know Cleveland won over ninety games. There's also just a lot. I think Paris <coughs> has gone to the shit. Yeah, like Baltimore. My favorite team, Baltimore. Was we like, never really see this in baseball, but this year. But um, there's a lot of great teams in baseball. This and that's why I'm looking forward to this postseason. And I'm, I don't know if we're going to talk about it. I am saying it right now. Mookie Betts needs to be, is the MVP of yeah. the American League. Yeah, I think we agree on that. 33rd, like I said, 33rd guy. I'm all, he won the batting title as well. And, but on the other side, I'm going to, a lot of people don't like this. MVP for the National League, I'm putting uh, Jacob DeGrom, pitcher, Mets. I think that he is so fucking good. So dominant. Yeah. He's even though he only plays once every five games. The second DH, half he's been. DHs can't be MVPs out. or pitchers can't be MVPs. I don't care. When when this guy has been so good that I think that he rate he is that that that, that special guy. But I, if I not, was uh, I was raving about uh, uh, David Price's second half, and um, Mike said to me, "What about Jake Degrom?" And I actually have him on my, my fantasy team. Um, and uh, he had a he had a better second half than David Price did. So I think um, the only pitcher in the American League better than Chris Sale is Justin Verlander. 
for the season. In my, in my yeah, opinion. it's gonna well, be a I mean, weird. And that's and that's. I think I young. think he is like the number two, and you make arguments, but I think he's that good. I, I think they kind of kept Chris. I think Chris Sale could have pitched if this was a postseason. Yeah. But why? But I think I think, I think the Red Sox were up by so many games that they were like, well, look, we're just gonna take our time with this guy. But I think Berlander's gonna win the, the Cy Young. But I don't think that I think Chris Sale. Yeah, the, the, there's people that are saying Chris Sale will win it, but I mean, he didn't even he qualify for the ERA. He doesn't have like he has 160 yeah. innings. So. so anyway, so my pick is Dodgers. Ast- excuse me, Astros with the Dodgers winning it in six. Um. Oh, so that you have the National League. Say, I think the American League is is much better than the National. I think League that the Dodgers. Year, so. I think whoever is comes out of these. Is almost American League esque. Yeah, it is. That, yeah, I kind of talked about that. So, all right, let's move on to. Uh, you want to move on to yes. rapes so, in the military? Well, I'm going to say really the concept of sexual assault. Sexual assault, because um, and just for uh, to be upfront, I spent eight years in the United States Marine Corps. Half of that was in an infantry battalion, 3rd Battalion, 8th Marines. And the other half was as an inspector, instructor in Rochester, New York. So my first four years, I, there was no females in my unit. It was, yeah. it was a combat unit. This is also in the mid, in the 90s, from 93. I didn't think they, they didn't allow they didn't women, allow women in combat arms in the, from, in, until recently. So from 93, I was in from 93 to 2001. Um, my first four years was an infantry battalion. And my second four years was... As an active duty advisor instructor to reservists in Rochester, New York. it was which was, it was a large female organization, a lot of females. Right. So, I, um, my opinions were all well. All, women have all, flourished over the last twenty years, and I mean, we have a four-star general that's mm-hmm. uh, a a woman. Um, and let's preface this by saying I'm not a military hater. I think that the job that they do is tough and being away from their family. Their family is also the ones that make the sacrifice. So I have a great respect for the military, as most rational, normal people do. Uh, <laughs> there are the people like the Westboro Baptist Church or whatever, that, you know, crazy fucking people that don't like the military. But. Uh, I think both of us have a great respect for the military. I speak for Charlie, and he was, like he said, eight years. Did you ever think about going to the full 20 to get your picture? I did. I wanted, to, when it was time for me to re-enlist, because once you do, once you re-enlist once, yeah, you did they, four they, years they as, presume, I, as yeah. I did four years yeah. then, I did another right. four years, and they pre- presume you're wanted, you wanted to. And then once after your eight years, in the Marine Corps, you have to do a thing called a B-billet, which is you have to go uh, to like do either be a recruiter, a drone instructor, or work at embassy. So I'm a tall guy. I'm six four, and you know, I was I had the, like the kind of like the marine look, you know, yeah. tall yeah. guy. And so I wanted to go on embassy duty, and the Marine Corps wanted to do, have me do something else. And the other job they wanted me to do would have really, because in the Marine Corps, it's all like how long you've been on deployments, you know, how many deployments you've been on. How where you, if you don't if you're not going on deployments or on a B billet, you're going to be passed by your, your counterparts. If you're constantly like in a unit that's not getting deployed, it's not in the front actions, the Marine Corps is going to be like, <coughs> you know, what are you doing? So they wanted to send me to a job that was going to be kind of like a desk job for another four years. Yeah. And it was really, it would have really have, have stunted my, my uh, advancement. And I went and I really, they kind of, they didn't promise, the Marine Corps doesn't promise or anything, but I had already been kind of like looked at to go on this embassy duty. Kind of looked at it, talked to him, yeah. gotten approved to go there. But then the Marine Corps had a different need 
What yeah. would what would embassy duty entail? Like security you go, of it? Yeah, you go to yeah. Marines. Marines. So guard. basically, what happened at uh, you know the famous uh, incident that happened? Uh, Jesus, I can't even think of the name of it. Where Hillary Clinton was brought into it? And, uh, oh, the the, the um, Jesus, I can't even. The one in Libya. Yeah, um, Benghazi. Benghazi. See, Ben, no, that was a different thing. Those guys were all contractors. Oh, I think they were. Benghazi. I thought they were was, Marines. Brent Benghazi. There's no embassy in Benghazi. The embassy's in Tripoli. Benghazi is a is a embassy, a consulate, right? A consulate, yeah. which is like a little. I have my own opinion about Benghazi. Those guys didn't. Those guys were CIA employees. Yeah. The reason why they were there was that the guy who was the ambassador was trying to sell arms to one of the rebel groups that was going to be more American, pro-American. So if you're if you're selling to one group and they're fighting somebody else, who's not going to like it? The other group you're fighting, and they went in there and and dealt with it. But though it wasn't the straight like you know they were in their embassy you know drinking cocoa and and being Americans, they were there specifically to reach an agreement with the local rebels, <coughs> and it went sour. But anyway, so and the way the embassy thing works is that you go it's three years. 18 months is in a, it's called a adverse environment. So you do 18 years and say, I'm gonna say the Democratic Republic of the Congo. You go work in that embassy for 18 months. Yeah. Which is considered like a, a, a hazardous duty station. Yeah. Then once you do that 18 months, there's a list. In any, in any embassy that's open, you can go to. So yeah, the good London, doing, yeah. Toronto, yeah. Paris. You get to choose from what's open. You get assigned your first one. Yeah. So if you get assigned, they're going to send you to the worst that's open. And then your second one you go to is, is wherever you want to sit that as an opening. So that's what I was going to do. You have, you, have to, you, you have to do one of those three jobs. Why not just be the weekend warrior for another? It was, and that's, that's, I have no problem with reservists. That's what I yeah. did. My, yeah. my second four years, I was an inspector right. instructor. And it's my personal opinion. Nobody else's. There's women that you're either going to do it or you're not going to do it. Hmm. And, and to be a Marine of, and there are a lot of great reserve Marines, but I don't think I had the ability to turn it up to that level for only one weekend a month and two weeks in the summer. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, and that's really, actually fits I've perfectly never heard anyone into in my, it kind of fits into that, that, my next part about the sexual harassment in the military. Yeah, let's get to First it. First thing you have to understand, in my opinion, is that how the, 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 the military is so the Marine Corps specifically is so different than the civilian world, where it is like alpha male, Lord of the Flies, a hyper aggressive, <coughs> super testosterone male domination, twenty four hours, seven days a week. Yeah, it's always here's an, and here's an example. I was I was um, at some training. And this dude, this, this other Marine I didn't know, just, we're all like, you know, in the showers. And you know, you have your little shower pack. Yeah. This guy just comes over, bigger than me, and takes it. He goes, thanks a lot, guy. Thanks a lot. Takes all my shower gear and just walks away. He's, so he's like, so he just stole all my shower gear. Yeah. So I sat there in my towel and I thought to myself, if I let this happen, it's, it's, now he's like, he's, he's, he's made a cook out of me. He's right. baited me. And I went and I just fought the guy. 
no one was going to get my ass kicked because he yeah. was way bigger than me. But you could not allow that to happen in that environment. You could not be seen as having any type of weakness. Mm-hmm. And by the time, and we only fought for maybe like 20 seconds where everyone just breaks it up and everything. But the fact that I just fought him, regardless of the outcome, right. was, was... Now he's going to think, oh... Oh, I'm not going to fuck right. with this guy. Right. And he's going to go fuck with somebody else. Yeah. And that's really how the Marine Corps works. It's, it's a very right. alpha-dominated... So you have that. And you're... Cause, what the Marine Corps is pushing is they want killers. Yeah. The Marine Corps wants killers. The Marine Corps wins battles. The Army wins wars. That's what they want. And it, and for the longest time, there were no females in the combat arms. So if you're, I, I joined the military when I was 17. I entered when I was 18. I only had I wasn't the, I wasn't the coolest guy in high school. I didn't have tons of girlfriends, so I didn't really know a lot about how to interact with females other than high school. Yeah. Um, and then you and then you go into a situation where it's all there's no women at all, right? That you see, and women. So then the only interaction you have with women is either at bars, clubs, or where alcohol is involved, where no one's going to be making really rational decisions, right? The best decisions, or you, there's a there's a high amount of infidelity in the military. Yeah, a lot of people want deployments. They get married really young. I'm not blaming the woman. I'm not blaming the man, but. You, there's a lot of like Dear John letters, a lot of a lot of Marines, wives, plus the male Marines that are. So if your husband is deployed, you're at Camp Lejeune. There's you know twenty thousand Marines, mostly male, right there. So if you're a single female, or and your husband's deployed, there's gonna be tons of Marines that are gonna be, and they're gonna, and they're very aggressive. They're gonna talk to you at the at the grocery store. They're gonna talk to you at the restaurant. They're gonna talk to you on the street. They're like, hey, what's your name? Oh, your husband's not here. Oh, that's okay. I'm here. You know and so there's a lot of um, so then as a young marine you constantly see all these other guys' wives cheating on them. So now I'm only dealing with women at bars, at clubs, with alcohol involved. And you hear all these horror stories, these these um, these like mere horror stories. And thirdly is the no, the worst thing you can do in the Marine Corps is not be able to carry your own load. I've never met a Marine that ever fought for his country or fought for the flag or fought for American pie. Marines fight to, for the guy to their left and the guy to their right. They want to be, you do not want to be, you do not want to be the guy that gets the person to your left or the person to your right killed. You know, that is, that is the worst thing that you could do. You want to be able to, no one has to ever worry about what you're going to do. You can carry your own load. You can fight as long as it takes. You'll stay awake as long as it is. You'll never give up. You're, you're, the, you're as mentally and physically strong as you need to be that you're not the weak link. If you're the weak link, that is, that is, that is a sin that can't be forgiven. And that's, so when you have that with other male Marines, usually it's dealt with with like things like, we call it, you used to call it small leadership, which is like you know, beating the shit out of the guy. If the guy's not getting on to formation in time or if he's falling asleep on post, which is right. maybe the worst thing you could do. Or can't can't do a force march or, or falls out of runs. You can use small unit leadership, which is like like because what's gonna happen is that the whole unit's gonna get punished. And then you're gonna go out there and use physical attacks. So obviously you can't do that with and so with such a large amount being in the Marine Corps being dealt with the physical abilities, women marines, which they called WMs, women marines at the time, they're not as physically strong as men. So th- there's already a um, like like a derogatory concept towards the female marines. They're not as strong as you are. They can't they can't march as far. They can't do as many push-ups. They can't. They're not as physically fit as me. Some of them are. 
Some Marines are, male Marines are fat pieces of shit, and some female Marines are, you know, killers. Right. But on average, the average male Marine is going to be stronger, faster, better yeah. than the right. average woman Marine. And then there's also, like, so they've done stuff like they, they changed, like, the physical standards, like, where, de- where Marines had to do, like, 20 dead hang pull-ups, where women Marine had to, like, just pull themselves up and hold it for 90 seconds. And as long as their arms didn't. So it was like a different thing. Also... That's still tough. It's still yeah. tough. It's not easy, but it's, it's, it's not as if I was doing 20 dead eggs. I've done them both. Um, and there's also things like injuries. So if a woman Marine gets pregnant, she's automatically non-deployable for a year. If a male Marine is, is non-deployable for a year because of medical issues, he's going to be processed for discharge because he's non-deployable for that long. So right off the bat... And I've seen, I've seen guys, you know, they, they, they blow out their knees, they Achilles tendon rupture. They're going to be out for 18 months. The Marine Corps is like, you want to get out? Where, um, or, no, they don't let them out. They'll say, you're going to be on admin forever. Where if a female Marine is, she's automatically on late duty for years. So the unit doesn't have that person. And also, I've, and I don't, this is, I don't know how, long, how, how often this happens, but I've seen where women, women Marines get pregnant, and they're specifically, and they're offered a chance to get out of the Marine Corps. Maybe they don't want to be in anymore. Maybe they, they want to do something else. So they get pregnant. The Marine Corps says, you're not going to be deployable for a year. Do you want to get out? They take their honorable discharge and get out. So with that said, I am 100% sure that, that sexual assaults, as we define it today, are, are, are incredibly higher in the, in the Marine Corps or in the military than they are in, in civilian life. Um, yeah, so d- during my research... Um I actually I typed in uh, I typed in rapes uh, rapes in the military, and there is almost like nothing, and you hear these horror stories too, like of women. Uh, basically, thirty percent of all women in the military have been either sexually assaulted or raped. Yeah, I was thirty-two percent of all women have been sexually assaulted. Right, so one out of three, and ninety-two percent of those cases. There is never any charge against the man, yeah. and in fact, that I've heard this story numerous times during my research. That the woman who brings uh, a woman was raped by a married man. Mm-hmm. Um, she brought the charges to the you know she went to her you know line of uh, chain of command, and um, basically they charged her with adultery and he went on to have a stellar career in the military. And you hear those stories over and over and over again. Yes. And, you know, there really is no, there's nothing I can say, oh, well, we can do this, we can do that. I really don't see anything yeah. well, that you can do about... But there was... I and, up, because it is a problem. Yeah. And, and we both... But I think that, that, what, that, that what, how we define what we're... There's different types of, of, of discipline in the military that you don't have in, in the civilian courts. So what I looked up is in, they had 2013 stats. There was uh, like 5,061 reports of sexual assault. Only 484 went to trial. Wow. And 376 convictions out of 484. But what that doesn't say is that in the military, because that's the only thing I've gone to court martial. In the military, you have a thing called NJP, non-judicial punishment. Which is what your commander, like you have like a mini trial. Um, it's called Captain's Mass in the Navy, NJP in the Marine Corps. And it, it's, so it doesn't have to go to court martial. It's your, so your battalion commander, which is a lieutenant colonel, probably a guy in his early 40s, 
will then hear the hear the hear the hear the issue and judge it. You can get up to like ninety days confinement, ninety days loss of pay, um, loss of rank. So when they say that five thousand sixty one reports, only four hundred eighty four with the trial, what it doesn't say is how many of those were adjudicated. Right. At a lower level, it's not saying that nothing happened to them. Right. It's just saying that they were adjudicated at a lower level. Now you could now you can make the argument that that ninety days co- confinement is never going to be enough for any type of sexual assault. I don't know because sexual assault with, with these definitions, um, from what I was looking up, is sexual assault has a wide, like as we see now, sexual assault is anything from just exposing yourself to a, a female right. who doesn't want it to rape. I mean, that, that's a huge yeah. chasm. Both of these are wrong. But obviously, the, the penalty shouldn't be the same for those right. two things. Both of those shouldn't happen. Matt Damon made that exact statement and got, oh my god! Yes. he's like, we have to realize that there's a difference between patting a woman on the on the ass and and, and raping a woman. And, and oh, the Me Too crazy lefties came out of nowhere and said, "How dare you say that?" And it's it, and it's one hundred percent correct. And one thing that I, I so I couldn't find any research was how many of these. Charges were adjudicated with a penalty at the at this NJP level. How many of those? How many of those were he received some sort of discipline, but just not at the court martial level? Because the court martial level is pretty high standard. That's 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 a, it's a court case. Yeah. Um, and one thing that the military does that you don't really see in civilian is that if there's an issue with, and I and I'll and I'll give you an example. I saw an issue where it was. Um, any type, any type of violation, you're going to be called out for. So say you're at a, so you say there's a girl that's sexual assaulted. At, say that we'll use a Kavanaugh example, Kavanaugh and Dr. Ford. She's going to come up on charges on underage drinking because she was only. Yeah. She, if you're under 21, you're going to. So, and what the military does is that even if you're a victim, if you've done, if you've committed some sort of crime, you're going to be held responsible for for your crimes. So. And that, so say she was in the military, she would have been charged with underage drinking. She would have based, like I've seen it where people have different ranks, they'll be charged with fraternization mm-hmm. a lot of times. One thing you never see is you see like consent, like um, domestic assault, yeah. where like a, if it's their boyfriend and girlfriend, and then um, it turns violent. And, I, and so like, so like say the guy is married and he has a girlfriend <coughs> and um, they have like a falling out. Yeah. She, but it was consensual before that. She'll be charged with adultery. Um, so, and that's one thing the military does a lot of is that it, when they do investigation, they say, you know, there's a there's like an unofficial saying, don't turn on the light because it shows you where all the cockroaches are. <laughs> and it's like if you've done anything wrong, you're going to get charged too. So I think that also has an effect. But I do think that the military. Oh, and one of the so one of the the, the solutions I've seen is they want to have some sort of like civilian oversight. And I tell you, no, I've never met anybody in the military who'd want that. They, the, the military understands that the president is a commander in chief, he's a civilian, that's acceptable. But they do not want any type of civilian oversight over what they're doing. It's almost like, you know, um, in, full, or in um, A Few Good Men, you know, it's almost like they're saying, don't sleep under the blanket of freedom. And then ask us how we how we quilted it. Just <laughs> right. say thank you. Yes, I do, and I think for officers, military officers, commissioned officers, they are trained and bred that you are 
responsible for your Marines. You're responsible for your enlisted guys. You are the one that's going to lead them to death, mostly in, in a war. That if if you're my if you're my CO and you say go attack that hill and there's machine guns fire coming in, you say go rush that machine gun. I gotta go do it, even though if I if, even if you know and I know I'm gonna die. That I don't have a choice. It's a, it's a lawful order. I've got to go and do what I've told. So officers are really like instilled with this that you are responsible for your troops. There's they they must be. There's two. Every officer has two rules. Mission accomplishment, troop welfare. Mission, mission comes first, but then the second most important thing is troop welfare. So if something happens to one of their troops, they're not going to want to delegate that. If there's a sexual assault or something, they want to deal with it in house. They want right. to, and they are because that's what they've been bred to do. That you are in charge. You you yeah. are there. You are you control every aspect of their lives. And I think they don't want to delegate that outside. But what the military can do. Is you have no individual rights. So if the president says every single case of sexual assault will be referred to NCIS or the you know officer inspector general, everyone, yeah. it doesn't matter if, from from the generals down to privates. You have no choice. You have to follow that order, or you're you're in trouble for that. That's yeah. that's really how they end the segregation in the military so easily. They said you don't have a choice. You will integrate your military, and they you can either do it or you're you're out. You're, you're it's a diso- disobeying a lawful order. So if the president really wanted to solve this, this president, or it seems like it was more of an issue with with under our last president, is that you'd have to say the president, the command chief, could just say every case of sexual assault will be referred to this outside military group. Say you have like a the JAG Corps. You know, Judge Advocate Generals, what they call lawyers in the military, JAGs. Everyone will go out of the battalion to this other, and they'll investigate it. And then they'll make a report, and then give that report to the commanding officer. Or they could, you, could do, you could do that like that. You could change, you could, you could make a systemic change in an instant, which is I don't really think you can do in, at the college level, you know, in, in universities yeah. or at high schools or, you know, with, you know, frat boys and stuff like that. Yeah. But for some reason... Um, I don't think George. It wasn't. I don't think it was enough of the spotlight back in the '90s for it to be dealt with. But I mean, I know it was an issue in, with, in under Barack Obama's and with um, Kristen Hildebrand or Gildebrand was really she's a she's a big um, at the forefront of this issue. But I do think that is, and this is going to sound weird, but I think it's good that we're getting that the amount of reporting of sexual assaults is going up. Because I do, I don't think that the quantity is going up, but I think that the people reporting it is increasing. I think that <clears throat> if you had to say ten thousand sexual assaults right. a year before, we were only reporting three thousand. Right now, we're going to report five thousand. The, the, the amount there, is there was the same. a lot more shame. I think that at, I think that know. we have it has to we have to we have to take this as it is. I think you can get more reporting. I, I don't think it's going to be very 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 difficult. I, I think, think education has to be different. I'll give you an example of. We, we, so every year you would get the sexual harassment training, and I, I should you not. This was what the training was. They held up a picture of a fox, and they said, "Don't call women this." And they held up a picture of a baby chicken, a chick, and said, "Don't call a woman this." And they held up a picture of a baby and said, "Don't call a, a, a woman this, like babe." Right. No means no. That was like, no. But if, but but the thing was, if she didn't say no, right, no infers yes. Yeah. So, 
And when you're a young person, and and and, and I think that really what the the military you were in from '93 to 2001. 2001. Yeah. And I think that. One thing with the sexual assault issue that, that one of the questions, because I was reviewing like recently, they said that one in 20 or one in five to, or 25% of all females are sexually assaulted in college, which would put, there's a better chance of you getting raped in college than there is in the Democratic Republic of Congo, which has a 22% rape average. So, and I found it to be very hard, difficult to believe. Right. So I looked at the, um, the questions that they're asked. And one of the questions was, have you ever consumed a level of alcohol that made you either unable to give consent or you would not have given consent without alcohol. So obviously if you got yeah. so drunk that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go and have sex, but I got so drunk that I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Or you're just blacked out. And as a young man in from my in my early twenties, I can say there have been multiple times where I was so drunk that I would maybe have had yeah. met with a girl that I would not have she, I, I'm saying that she didn't want to. Right. But I would not want to have when I was sober. But that I made decisions that I did when you I was drunk. You don't make the best decisions when you're drunk. So and I really think we have to define... Like, I understand but no you, means no. You're not going to roofie a girl. I think that if both the man and the woman are drunk, which is probably... I've had a lot of sex. I mean, from 20 to 25, I think a vast majority <laughs> of my relationships was, right. was into- intoxicated. You know, because you just meet girls in clubs and bars and, you know, there's alcohol. I, don't, I didn't really have a girlfriend. Right. So every time you have a relationship, it's usually yeah. under the uh, influence of some sort of alcohol. Right. I mean, that's the definition of one. How many times like, oh, man, one night stands. And you're like, the whole definition of one night stand is you've got a little bit too drunk and both right. of you made decisions right. you probably aren't that proud of. But I think that we have to define, make it very, very clear that no means no. <coughs> And this is very clear. No means no. If the girl says no, I'm talking about like right. obvious Jody right. Foster and the accused. Right. If a and, woman... And there have been times when I was drunk too and a girl will say no or is not interested. And I immediately... Yes. I go, why do I want to continue to go and with some... And one thing that came up about that that made me very, very worried was Cory Booker's... I don't even... His like... Mia Culpa, that one time I touched a girl on her chest oh, and she said no. Are outraged. And I stopped. And I was like, literally, that is the difficult what you're yeah. supposed to do. That you, you're but then he, a girl. I think where they're with their it's ridiculous. It is what they're saying is, well, he then did it later. Well, yeah. yeah. Um no could have been no at that point, but now it's yes. That's kind of so, how like Every, that's how like every you right. tried to nothing go. he did whatsoever was criminal in any way. Even the, the by, very thing was that it was that you go you're making out or kissing and a girl. This is how you, they defended you grab over the shirt they, and then you, she's like and she pushed your hand away and you stop. Yeah, she gives you the so they, this is how they, they were defending Kavanaugh with either Bill Clinton or Cory Booker and it was absolutely ridiculous. I don't yes and boys will be boys. Uh, I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah, they're, but they're, I mean, that's. We, I think we also. About so I think there is a. Um, we have to make it easy for people to understand. Like rape is wrong. Yeah. Um, no means no. No roofies. If you if a girl's passed out, obviously, even if she's if she's, yeah. if she's not you didn't drug her, you just she's passed out. That's so obvious. Um, be a protector to other women. As a, yeah. as a young man, that's what, I, that's what I teach my son. That's what, is that if you yeah. see a girl that's in a bad situation, right. 
help her to get out of that situation. Right. Don't just leave her say, like, oh, she shouldn't have gotten so drunk. Let's say, yeah. If you see something, like, you know, get away, help her get away from the Be like a versus this, this, you know, like in California, they had a law where you actually had to have verbal consent. Like, do you it's want so to ridiculous. have... And I think that is so to the thing. Right. Is that it doesn't have to be that stupid. Right. Just, and I think we have responsibility as, as men to raise our sons in a way that is not, that's, that's not okay. Yeah. And, and that's one thing I tell my son is if you see a girl, she's drunk, you can tell. And my son's 15, so he's not really, he's not the, yeah. he's not the coolest of the girls. <laughs> but I tell him, I was like, if you're at a party. But he club, will be. Like, when he goes some, to college, just, this is going to be an issue that he will and encounter. You, and you have and to. And you have to prepare them for that. And you have to give them outs that are legit. So yeah. here's an example. So my son. I was talking about like smoking or drugs and stuff like that. If you don't want to smoke weed, if you don't want to smoke weed or drugs, whatever, there's going to be a little beer. If you're going to go to a party, there'll be peer pressure, you know, throw around the blunt or the joint or the fucking whatever they use. The kids nowadays are using the, the jewel <laughs> or the electric thing. Is one thing that I thought I saw a guy do when I was young that I thought was really cool and it, it diffused it was they pass it around and then you pass it and goes, no, nah, man, my wife and kids don't allow me to do this. And, you, and my son's 15. So if you, yeah. if a 15-year-old says, my wife and kids don't allow me to do this, right. people are going to find that so funny right. that they're going to, it's going to diffuse it and you pass it on. Because yeah. you just don't want to see him uncool. So you might yeah. end up smoking because you don't want to see him uncool. Yeah. So, look, so I teach my son to diffuse the situation. You see a girl that's, that's a drunk or whatever, go up there and like make a joke, distract them, you know, and yeah. you say, well, men shouldn't rape and we shouldn't have to do that. Well, okay, shit in one hand and hope in the other. See which yeah. one's heavier. Right. You've got to give your kids legit ways to diffuse situations yeah. that could assault That's good advice and i think that if we and do I'm that glad we got your perspective being in the military too so it was great to it, but it's it not is two guys see us talking about the military who have never said i don't know so. i don't know how the military i don't know how you can balance the, a culture of killers but have them be like sweet and loving and not i mean i don't think those things have to go together but the people that are the best killers i don't know are also have other, you know, you want you want them to be out there and be able to kill people left and right without without pause. But then you don't. You want them to be like the perfect person when they're not doing that. And I think that that, that duality, I think, is is going to be difficult to find because I tell you, people just don't understand how aggressive. And it was it was hard for me because I left, when I left the military, I went right to the job I have now. And I had a real struggle, one, in working with women. <coughs> right. I was actually, I went overboard. I was too nice to, I was really nicer to the, to the female employees than it was to the male employees. Because yeah. I did not even want it to be the perception of, that I didn't know how to work with females. And it took me a while to figure out how to balance yeah. it. And two is I was hyper aggressive, almost to the point of, I almost got into a fist fight with, a, with, a, with one of my subordinates because I perceived that he had like, disrespected me. And I had been so inclined that a subordinate never disrespects you. And then you should call it taking you out to the, to the fence line. Where if you, had a, if you have a problem with another Marine and, and one's higher rank than the other, you just take your blouse off, which is your rank. Yeah. You say, why don't we just go take this out to the fence line, man versus man, and see if we can solve this. And that is like no joke, probably happens once a month. Hmm. Like you'll get into a, I probably got into like a straight, like either some sort of fist fight or physical altercation. Um... Probably once a month when I was in the military, over eight years. Because it's just, it's, I, I, and I, I tell you what, 
I've I I've, I've one time I I fought uh, my roommate. We had too much to drink, and I fought my roommate pretty badly. We we're buddies, but we got super yeah. drunk. Nothing happened to her. They were just like, that's just Marines being Marines. But if you do something else, if you um, fall asleep on post, if you you know don't pay your 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 PX bill, and the, and the PX comes and tells the CEO, you'll get you'll get hammered. Yeah. You don't you don't pay your child support for your divorced wife. You'll get hammered. But if you if you get in trouble, any type of alcohol problem or fighting problem, the Marine Corps is kind of like Marines will be Marines, and so it, it's not so it's not say it's encouraged, but it's definitely not like. It's not. It's not hated. It's not. It's not something that's like. It's kind of like accepted, or you're almost encouraged that you have to. That you want this type of hyper aggressive activity. So anyway. Anyway, uh, we appreciate you listening, and um, we're going to be talking more about the NFL, more about Major League Baseball going forward. One thing I want you to do is. Me. Have you seen to that, to Have you yeah. seen the ad for the new movie on? Dick Cheney. Oh, I just saw it today. This yeah. looks like such a... Draw our listeners out there. Go out there. It's got yeah. Christian Bale as Dick Cheney. Looks just like him. Yeah, I didn't even know that was Christian Bale. Oh, my God. It's got uh, Steve Carell as um, Donald Rumsford. And what's his name? The guy from Two... two the, the Sam Rockwell as George W. Bush. And it looks so good. It's from the people that did... Um, the movie about the, the Wall Street crash of 08 with Christian Bale in it. Right. Was it? The, uh, big, the, uh, the Big Short? The Big Short. Yeah. Which is, I think, a great movie. Yeah. Um, so, but I'm really looking for I want you to see that. And, and I just want to get your your sort of like... And he was basically, uh, you know, it's just a figurehead, the vice president of the... Yeah, uh, and, and how that works. And um, so I'm sure we'll be talking... So I want... So what, do we do is, what is your top three, top two, three political... Movies. Oh, okay. That's a good one. Like, the, yeah. the movies that... that, yeah. that and I don't mean that's about the president. Any type of political yeah. movies. And, right. And... and, and oh, that's a, that's did a good they, one. How did, how did they affect you? How did you feel? Because that made me really think about Because this yeah. looks really, really good. Yeah. So anyway, for uh, Sean, I'm Charlie. And thank you for listening. And like I said, if you have any opinions, you can leave comments anywhere that, the, the, that, that this is posted. Um, SoundCloud, uh, what is it? Uh, Pod, Cast, Cast Castbox, Box. iTunes. Leave um, comments, criticisms, rank ratings, uh, and we appreciate you. So have a good day. The words a secret call.